Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. In an era of online retail where everything is just a few clicks away, buying a car should be no different. That's why at Carvana, you can buy a car 100% online. We made it easy to browse, view, and buy from over 10,000 cars. You can even trade in your old car, all while binge-watching your favorite TV show. Afterwards, we'll deliver your car to you. Or you can pick it up from one of our car vending machines. Either way, your car comes with a seven-day return policy. So grab a seat, relax in your comfy pants, and enjoy the new way to buy a car at Carvana. Napa know-how. At Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers, get a $25 prepaid Visa card when you get any Napa automotive battery. It's the best deal for some of the best batteries from some of the best car people around. But we might be a little partial. Anywho, pick up any Napa automotive battery and save 25 bucks. Do it yourself or have it done for you. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers. While supplies last, offer ends 831 Love DC movies, shows, and comic books? Well, we have good news for you. DC Universe, the ultimate DC membership, is offering a 14-day free trial to our listeners. Read over 20,000 digital comics. Catch up on original series like Titans, and starting November 29th, watch their newest adult animated series, Harley Quinn. Visit www.dcuniverse.com slash podcast O-N-E and use promo code Collider. That's www.dcuniverse.com slash podcast one. Use promo code Collider to start your 14-day free trial. This code is valid through 1231.19. Collider Jedi Council is sponsored by Warner Brothers Digital Networks, the operator of DC Universe. DC Universe is only available in the U.S. Let's take a quick break. You know what's one of my favorite things to do post-dancing rehearsal? Not going to lie, it's putting on some sweatpants immediately and having a drink. You all know I love a glass of wine or two, but I also like to switch it up. So lately, Jason and I have been making a little cocktail at night using Rum Haven. Rum Haven believes Mother Nature did things right, so it's crafted using real coconut water and not using artificial preservatives or flavorings. It is so incredibly refreshing. I mentioned I like to add it to a cocktail, but it's also actually great over ice with a splash of club soda. It tastes like I'm on vacation, sitting on an island somewhere far, far away, which is without a doubt a great feeling, especially during these crazy times. So make sure to follow at Rum Haven on Instagram because they post all types of these seasonal recipes. They do giveaways and tips. Plus, when you go to discover.rumhaven.com, you can find their latest blogs, quizzes, and any promotions they have going on. On one of their latest blog posts, they actually have some tips about planning your virtual watch party, which is pretty perfect since everyone's favorite reality show is back on Tuesdays. Be sure to have a little virtual drink with me, sip some Rum Haven, maybe even while you're listening to the pod. Let me know what you think. Today's specials, new Chase Freedom Flex with 3% on dining, including takeout. Now every meal comes with a side of cash back. Learn more at chasefreedom.com. Cars are issued by J.P. Morgan Chase Bank N.A. Member FDIC. Restrictions and limitations apply. Offer subject to change. Happy Thanksgiving! 
Thanksgiving, everybody. It's Collider Jedi Council on a national holiday here in these <laughs> states. Although uh, we still like you, Queen of England. Hey, everybody. I'm Ken Napsuck, and we got a full show and a full panel. Today's show is presented by Heroes and Villains. Use code Jedi Ted. That's to honor us. Use the code Jedi Ten to get ten percent off your entire purchase. On top of uh, existing holiday promotions, go to HeroesVillains.com. Yeah, we're all repping it here today. Uh, I like Tie Fighter stuff. Yeah, I got the. The, the Warriors of Mandalore, Warriors uh, of pullover Mandalore. jacket here. Uh, Mando, Mandalore and <laughs> Rebel, Rebel Scum. By the way, we're going to get into what we're going to talk about in a second, but welcome Wendy Lee to the council, her Ooh. first time ever on Collider Jedi Council. Wow. Oh my gosh. Is this really your first time Absolutely. ever this on Collider Jedi Council? Is. I've done ever. some background stuff sure. for, for Jedi Council, switching and whatnot. I mean, and you choreographed oh, wow. that bomb lightsaber fight. Yeah. That, we had. that was so fun. <laughs> Thank but you happy for having me. to have you here. And on today's show, we're going to be talking about a lot of cool things like J.J. Abrams, like a Rolling Stone. He spoke to Rolling Stone. There's a lot of insights about him, his process, and episode nine. We're also going to be talking about Kathleen Kennedy's meeting with George Lucas and his thoughts on the rise of Skywalker. We got all that info and more. And later in the show, we are going to be going over all of your Twitter questions. But before that, we're going to be talking new TV spots, looking at the Knights of Ren, flying stormtroopers, and all things Star Wars news. I don't know if there's a theme song, but I just made one up. We've got your news here today. All right. The promotional train has left the station without a doubt. We know the rise of Skywalker. And but do the math. Is it seven days away? 12 days away? 22 oh, days away? You're asking me to do way too much math at a theoretical future date because we are taping this in the That's past. Right. That's right. By the way, this is a pre-tape. I'm right now <laughs> home, uh, probably playing Fallen Order uh, in my sweatpants mm. with turkey uh, dripping down my cheek. <laughs> so turkey gravy. Um, yeah, we're getting there. And, it's getting uh, close. A lot of interviews are coming out. And, and this interview right now, J.J. Uh, J. Abrams and, 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 and Rolling Stone. I, I, I'm an old music guy. I'm an old radio guy, as I would always say. And I love Rolling Stone interviews. I think they're so good. And, and there's a lot in this one. I don't even, quite frankly, think we have time to go through it all. But um, there's a couple things I wanted to focus on here. One of them uh, is this... Um, idea of jj's mystery box and we hear that all the time it's a punchline almost like the lens flares um but jj in this addressed uh, he was asked about that and basically addressed the origin of it and the origin of that mystery box is just some ted talk that's famous and he's like i i didn't even know what to talk about and my friend brian burke said talk about that your grandfather's uh, uh, box that he gave you that you never opened and you think that's kind of a cool story why is this important well because jj has a reputation for not finishing well he wasn't involved well he, he wasn't involved with lost by the time it finished uh star trek get in the darkness i understand it took it in a different direction but uh that's part of his reputation and i think he's aware of it and this mystery box which is what is in the box isn't important. It's just that there's something in the box. He gets saddled with that, and I think he go, realizes going into nine ace that he's here to finish strong and give you a solution and ending, and maybe not all the answers, but definitely take it home. Yeah, I think he's trying to avoid the issues that went into the promotion for In a Darkness when they were trying to hide the whole con thing, and right. now he's very much like, I'm trying to stop the whole secrecy thing no more secrecy. If you ask me, is Palpatine in this movie? I'm going to say yes. Right. If you ask me, you know, is this going to be, you know, an epic conclusion? I'm going to say yes. Like, I'm not trying to hide anything that's not already there. 
So right. I think that's his biggest point. But I also feel like he's trying to avoid the whole aspect of what you said. I can't finish a saga. Right. I can't finish a story. People weren't too happy with In the Darkness. Yeah. I, for one, am one that I was... You're okay I'm, with I'm team In the Darkness. I like those Star Trek movies, I the first like two. It. Yeah. I like um, the first one a lot, but I like the first the one is, yeah, yeah. is great, but I still kind of like In the Darkness. I'm sorry, guys. I'm, I'm that Don't guy. Don't apologize for your loves, Ace. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm not the quintessential Star Trek guy, but yeah. those Star Trek movies are great, in my opinion, and I love them. But I feel like this is him trying to show you all the cards right now. Saying this is what I'm making. I'm making this epic conclusion. Palpatine's there. It's going to be amazing. There's going to be crazy battles. This is the finale I wanted. And it's an interesting article too because he talks about the idea of reading Ryan Johnson's script mm-hmm. and his reaction. Because when he read Ryan Johnson's script, he wasn't going to do nine. Right. This was him reading it as a fan, as like you know, I yeah. gave you what I gave you in seven, and I washed my hands clean of it. So him reacting to the script and just saying he laughed. When Snoke died, and he had this reaction of just like, "Oh, cool, yeah, there goes what I made, whatever." Well, yeah. he, he described it as as uh, adventurous, uh, unexpected, especially the loop being dark. Yeah, and, and he goes, "And really fun because I wouldn't have made those decisions, but Ryan wouldn't have made the decisions that I made on Seven if he had made Seven. Sure, and, and it's an interesting yeah. idea because it's one of those things because once he's given the reins. He has a whole different ideology and perspective of like, yeah. now I'm going to do nine. What do I do with what, what Ryan Johnson did? So it's yeah. this interesting meshing of the two movies and of the middle movies and obviously of The Force Awakens. Yeah. Emma, what do you think about this uh, reputation of JJ? <laughs> Number one, is it earned? Are you a Lost fan who's still pissed at JJ? I, you know, I, mean, I never was super into Lost. There you go. So You're I don't not quite at. have the same vitriol <laughs> towards JJ Abrams that I think a lot of people have. But it is, it's really interesting because I think he is somebody who gets a lot of praise and initial admiration for projects that he starts but people feel that he has yet to stick the landing. The only thing he's ever seen through from start to finish is the television series Felicity. <laughs> people like that. Hey, show. and Carrie Russell. She yeah. is she's in Rise the, of Skywalker. The tales of Zori so, Bliss. Now, I wonder if Zori Bliss will get a haircut that everyone is upset oh, about. Oh, I don't know. You know. I don't know. The I haircut really don't. that troubled the nation. You no, know, I like the haircut. <laughs> I like the too. I, I was like, too. she's expressing herself. I appreciate it. It's a bold move with that really, really like curly hair, um, which I can't 100% relate to given that my hair is basically uncooked pasta. Uh. Um, but yeah, I, uh, uh, you know. I almost think that J.J. Abrams, in a lot of ways, is the ideal person to have to bring this home because he has such a bad reputation when it comes to finishing things. I want him to be motivated. It yeah. seems like he's motivated, and I love this line of questioning because I had this conversation with our pal Joseph Scrimshaw yeah. off air one day, and I was like, yeah, the mystery box, and Joseph was like, that ain't a thing. It's not yeah. a thing. If yeah. you look into it, it's not a thing. The lens flares, that's a thing. Totally a thing. <laughs> so I'm excited. Uh, Wendy Lee, This going into this here... Um, Answers are going to be given in this movie, maybe not all of them. And do you think J.J. is going to open that mystery box and give us the answers that we need? And are you happy if some answers are left dangling? I I feel like I still am slightly traumatized from Lost. <laughs> it was a show that I followed for years. So we'll with, get you through this. With, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Be there with me. So I am hoping that with with Star Wars, I think it's different. One, it's years, years later from Lost. Yeah. I think a, a director such as JJ has learned a lot, 
And I think also the pressure is on. I think this is, you know, episode nine, the end of the saga, and everybody is looking at him. I don't think he wants to leave any stone unturned. Mm. I hope that he surprises us. Forget this mystery box. Give us everything. And I, I do like that he is closing out the series. He gave us Force Awakens, which I quite enjoyed very much. The Last Jedi, say what you will, opinion on it, whatever. He's got to bring it home. Yeah. You got to bring it home. If you're going to end the Skywalker saga, it's got to be good. And if, if there's like a, hmm, I think I'm going to leave the theater a little pissy. You know, it's, yeah. it's interesting. Okay. I feel like with JJ, the, the sort of task that he has at hand here to me is so much more fun given Ryan Johnson's script for The Last Jedi because it's almost like JJ Abrams was GMing a Star Wars RPG <laughs> and Ryan Johnson was a player who came in and just flipped the table. Yeah. And, and just JJ had to rip up all of his plans and figure out something that ultimately I think is going to be a lot more interesting. Well, and he said, he was, we were still, we were still able to tell everything that we wanted yeah, to tell. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Just a different area. And I want to talk about Chris Terrio, uh, by the way, because I, I got to say, I, I, there's a, ch- I, I, I'll, I'll absolutely admit when I'm kind of wrong about something. I, I, I don't like theories that get too like, do you think that that thing from Rebels yeah. that appears in this is going to be? No, because my answer is always, I don't think J.J. watches all that. Guess what? He admits, admits that he doesn't. Mm-hmm. But I also said Chris Terrio didn't. Well, guess what? He says Terrio is a Star Wars guy, knows uh, on level with story group people. So that, does that mean suddenly Mortis is going to show up or that Mortis Dagger is actually the Mortis Dagger? There's a higher chance of this. I still yeah. think you've got to tell it, sorry for the general audience, but, but Ace, I'm now like, all right, cool. There might be oh, references and more things on the table you know than me, I expected. Kay. You know me. There's a higher chance for me. I'm pulling all my bets. I'm saying I'm pushing all my chips <laughs> in the table. What do you think in this picture? Yeah, I'm, I'm saying that Chris Terrio is putting all that stuff in there. Yeah. And the fact that he compared him to like a Pablo Hidalgo obviously is yeah. high praise, but it's one of those things where I do think that he is putting in mm-hmm. those stuff from Clone Wars. I do think that he's putting in stuff from, you know, stuff we haven't seen on live action forum right. before. And those are the kind of things that I am curious in when we're talking about all three of us are reacting to J.J. Abrams. And you mentioned Terrio because I, I keep bringing up his name because I feel like that first article that I read really made it seem like... Terrio came to JJ with ideas, yeah. and JJ was like, "Oh, cool! How do I put this on film?" They didn't really know each other. Yeah. That's been in, they talked about a lot. They were like, "Okay, cool, man. I so, liked Argo. Come on in, Argo. Uh, Argo, blank man. yourself." Yeah. So it's this idea of like Terrio is kind of pitching all this stuff to JJ, and JJ's like, "Oh, cool, cool. I like that. Let yeah. me put this on screen." And now, what do we get with? A J.J. Abrams who has a Chris Terrio on one side, mm-hmm. a George Lucas on another side, because he keeps mentioning George Lucas yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as an inspiration for kind of adding new things. And he also said that Ryan Johnson even kind of reminded mm-hmm. him to like push the envelope a little bit and do yeah. something different. And he has all this pressure coming in saying that he can't finish off yeah. a trilogy or a saga or anything, like you said. So it's one of those things where I think all this is coming up to be an epic conclusion that I feel like yeah. is going to satisfy a lot of people. And and also be bonkers. I already think that the Space Horses is bonkers enough where you, you might see some things that you've never really seen in Star Wars and, 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 and it might blow your mind or you might not feel it fits. And that, that's part of the risk he's willing to take. I definitely want to focus on Wendy and Emma here. You you both, like us too, are Clone Wars fans, but Ahsoka fans specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying Ahsoka's showing up in this, but the fact that Terrio is that type of Star Wars fan yeah, yeah. that might uh, could there be a reference uh, uh, Mortis I, I heard Trevorrow was a little obsessed with Mortis too um, could something like that are you are you want that what do you want Wendy 
I, as much as I love Rebels, as much as I love Clone Wars, and as much as I want to see certain things in there, I think if you shove too much in there, it's going to make the whole story a little convoluted. Mm. And I just want them to tell a good story involving our heroes and our villains. And, and this is a story about them. So, like, little knots here and there with, like, ghosts and everything, it's, it's great. Mm-hmm. It needs to be little knots. I think if you try to do, like, a full, like, backstory on Mortis for the... Too much. But I don't yeah. think you right? need to do a full backstory on That's Mortis. That's what I'm hoping they don't I do. I think yeah. that yeah. with Mortis, you can just present that visually. And, and something that drives me crazy in a lot of films is over-explaining things. And I think that you can simply present it and people will go, okay, this is what this is. And I think that you can do it in a way that is uh, concise enough that people get the general gist of it, but yeah. it also makes them think, like, hmm, what is the meaning behind that? Because I'm yeah. totally stuck on the Mortis thing now that you brought it up. I'm mm. like, I want it. Uh, I want well, people to become the manifestations yeah. of the, the, what is it, the, the, the son, the daughter, and, and, the, the, and, the, and the father. And the father yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, no, it's, it's, and with that dagger showing up yeah. and everything, it, it, I just, I, I think my natural instinct, especially coming out of Force Awakens, is I just want everyone to temper their, Hey, does that little character in this, does this, this, that? It, oh, it, yeah. Because J.J. Abrams is like, I, he's going to do exactly what Wendy said. No, I'm going to tell a story that fits this big screen for my thing. Not, uh, you know, I don't, even though I love Ray Sloan, if, if she doesn't fit in the story, he's not going to wedge her in. No. But that's, you know, you kind of have to do that. Yeah, no, I, I think that's absolutely true. But, but I am saying that I think that we will see payoff from some things that we like from Clone Wars or Rebels coming to a head mm. in Rise of Skywalker. Absolutely. I, I really do feel like maybe this is just me, and, and obviously it is just me. I but, got but to it's, be me. It's one of those things where I always feel like people have this weird idea, and, it, and it's, it's something that I was talking to RB3 about it last night because we were talking about Watchmen, and Watchmen's episode last Sunday is a perfect example of something you can do that a lot of people don't know anything about. Who the hell knows about Hooded Justice? Like, most people don't. But the fact that you can take a character that most people don't know about and still make incredible content, incredible TV, incredible, probably Emmy-winning television, and people love it. People who, who've never read Watchmen and don't know a single character, and people who have read all the issues and watched the movie ten times... There's a way to take these characters and, 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 and make teases to Rebels, to Clone Wars, to everything we like in Star Wars, and do it in an organic, fun, good way that doesn't alienate viewers mm-hmm. who don't follow those shows, but still rewards the viewers who do. And I feel like the perfect example is the biggest movie of all time happens to be, and I told you this, Ken, the most inside baseball movie of all time, and that's Avengers Endgame. Mm-hmm. I keep bringing up Avengers Endgame, but... I remember my second time watching Avengers Endgame, most people were like, Thor has a mom? What Thor Dark World? What is this? People yeah. haven't seen I Thor was like, Dark There's World. A movie with her in it. People didn't see <laughs> Thor Dark World. People didn't see a lot of He's basically talking to me and Josh McCougan. <laughs> but it's one of those things where it's like, it's funny that this movie is referencing all this stuff that most people who saw this movie, because it's so many people saw this movie. This is the biggest movie of all time. Mm-hmm. We have to realize that maybe 60, 70% of them haven't seen all oh, the MCU movies. Yeah. And yet they still enjoyed the movie because the core yeah. themes of the movie are still there, yet it still rewards the hardcore fans. I was going to say, mm-hmm. and to that note, you're going to have people that are going into this movie who 
don't necessarily remember every single little detail from all of the previous films even. So mm-hmm. why not bring in some yes. of the stuff from the TV shows, as you say, Ace and, and Wendy, in an organic way that serves the story. Mm. Yeah. Not in a, like... It, it, the only way that I would be disappointed with it is if it is shoehorned in there in a yeah. way that doesn't make any sense and it's literally just put in there for fan services. Sure. Sake. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yep. it, it, I agree. If, if Hera shows up on right. the ghost and it's like, cop in, Ray, I'm Hera. Like, right, That's exactly. a little much. Yeah. <laughs> Even yeah. though I'd probably... I love Hera. Hera is one of my favorite, yeah. my favorite Star Wars characters of sure. all time, if- but... Mieber Gascon, voice okay. of our good friend Steven Stanton, the yes. little frog officer shows up. Maybe that'd be it. Uh, look, this this J.J. Abrams uh, article interview, it, it has, it's chock full with a lot of stuff uh, on Ray and and, and uh, um, uh, again, like stuff you're talking about him looking at aid and, and what it did to his story inspired him and a lot of things and just in the politics and Star Wars. Uh, we don't have time to dive into it. It's a real juicy interview. Check it out. Highly recommend it. But Ace, uh, we got to move on to this next story here about a guy named Joe. George, he, yeah. uh, he likes Star Wars yeah, sometimes. So obviously, we keep hearing about <laughs> meetings with George Lucas, and, and the big one that keeps coming up is J.J. Abrams sitting down with George and talking about you know, his ideas and what he wants to put in the final trilogy. But now we get an article where he uh, sat down with Kathleen Kennedy, and Kathleen has this article with Collider that says, um, for something that's been here for 40 years, entertaining audience, and something that George initially set out to do was kind of a three-act saga with three trilogies. And I think we should honor and respect that. And we're taking time to really look that this is going from a standpoint of a saga, not just looking at three movies of what might be. We're really looking at what the next decade of storytelling could be so that we can actually build the mythology. So she's, she's essentially talking about sitting down with George is a way to honor George Lucas. And this was his idea all along, was to have a three-act structure with three trilogies telling one story, one cohesive story of a generational tale is kind of what I say. Mm. So it's fascinating because I keep bringing up these kind of articles, articles with J.J. Abrams, articles that essentially say we're trying everything we can to honor what George Lucas initially wanted to do without obviously actually taking in his scripts and his ideas of doing ex- exactly what he wanted to do. Mm. So what I'm kind of curious about is what ideas are they taking from George? Is it just major thematic elements, which is probably what it is, but may- the, the George Lucas fan in me and the prequel fan in me is like, maybe it's something in there that's a little bit deeper and a little bit more profound um, as far as story beats go. But I'm very curious as far as what you guys think that they keep bringing up George Lucas. Do you think they're going to add an actual idea story-wise that George wanted in this trilogy? I don't know if it's so much more specifically adding something that George wanted story-wise as it is like being true to the George Lucas attitude towards Star Wars, which is why not? Like, Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. George Lucas. It's why not? It's like... Sure, let's try this. So I think that that is maybe more of what it is rather than say, what, wasn't there something in in George Lucas's uh, planned sequel trilogy involving like little aliens that live in your body, Scientology style? Yeah. Bring it to me, Emma. (laughs) Bring me those little aliens. Hell yeah. Oh my God. I want that. Uh, Give me that movie. I mean, his idea might be that character Claude, the walking turnip with a face that we've seen in some shots that we, we haven't seen in the commercials yet. No, yeah. I, I, I'm right there with you, uh, Ace, and, and I love uh, the prequels. I love what George did. I, I think sometimes you get 
not us necessarily, but obsessed with the idea of George's involvement or lack of involvement. But if you look at it, it's there. Doug Chang talks about early productions with Michael Arndt on board and everything really tied into George was going to pass it on to the next generation and everything. But the fact of the matter is that we are where we are. I'm sure George would have done everything different. Um, But I say until I'm blue in the face and people yell at me and people don't, it's all there. Like a one of those serial killer walls where you have string attached. It. It's all, all of New Canon goes back to his heart and things he put out there in '77. Yeah. It really is. If you want to look for it, it's there, and you can connect it all back. And I think that's what I see. This is is like, do we connect to what you were trying to say in '77? Not necessarily the events, but who knows. Mandalorian? I'll tell you what. I'm I'm telling you right now. I think he had something to do with some of that stuff. But I don't know if they'll I was going to yeah. say. I don't know if they'll admit it. You, you, I, yeah. you jumped the gun before I was going to say it because I was going to say I don't want to bring up the Mandalorian yet because we haven't gotten. Yeah, there. we went we, into a spoiler talk. We'll do that in a segment. But I think there's some stuff there. I was going to say I think that George has his hands all over the Mandalorian. Mm. Uh, yeah. Mm. But anyway, so Wendy, what do you think, Wendy? <sighs> I mean, look, I take a breath. <sighs> <laughs> It's it's just so much like when I when I look at Star Wars now and it's approaching I'm excited I'm a little nervous but I think I don't think it's bad to involve George Lucas in this final film at all. This is the man who gave us yeah. Star Wars. He I think it's always good to collaborate with people who have you know, certain knowledge ideas, and then you're talking George Lucas. It's kind of like, you want to talk to George Lucas about what we want to do in uh, episode nine and get some guidance and consultation? Absolutely, yes. You don't have to, just because you talk to him doesn't mean you have to do what he wants. Right. But it can trigger a whole, it can open a whole floodgate of different ideas, different ways to approach things. And, you know, just because he sold Star Wars doesn't mean he can't talk about it anymore. So I love that he's been involved in, whether it's Mandalorian or this last movie, I am for it. Look, he, he called Ryan, he called, like, the, the, much has been made, and I think it's all relatively true, uh, much has been made about George's take and look and view on Force Awakens and the sale, his own comments, which are sometimes controversial, Bob Iger's book, which I read the book and have the entire context, it starts in a place of George was unhappy, and, and a lot of people keep saying, yeah, if if you sold a show or you put something out there, created it, and then said, "Hey, you know, if I if I put, if I gave you the knapsack files, Ace, <laughs> and you took control of my podcast, I'd be like, great, I am so supportive. You did that, huh? Okay, <laughs> okay, great. It's yours. You paid four point zero one billion dollars for it." But okay, yeah. that's what you did. And that's just human nature. Yeah. And I think yeah. eventually Absolutely. that's going to settle down Absolutely. into where he, he can come Sure, back. especially because uh, you read the Bob Iger book, mm-hmm. because he initially says he was giving out ideas. Like he was yeah. like, mm-hmm. oh, you know what I would do? I would do this, this, this. And then when he realized that they didn't take almost any of those ideas, yeah. that's when he was like, oh, really, guys? Well, again, the line that I, and, and I'm sorry, Ace and I are now just playing ping pong here with the words. Um, there's a line, Iger talks about his research team didn't just look at the money, the, the money it took in and, the, and, and Star Wars as a franchise. It, he specifically noted, we read the reviews and reactions to the prequels. Mm-hmm. From a business standpoint, if mm-hmm. you're sitting across from George and he's like, uh, hey, so I got this thing. And you, we, we love digging into the prequel themes. But if you're like, mm, hey, we're going to try a little. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for your universe. <laughs> but uh, we're not going to have Anakin riding around on Shaq trying to woo uh, uh, Queen. You know, right, like right. there's some of that stuff there. But no, absolutely. I don't know. No. And I, and I mean, it all kind of ties back to, as we say, George Lucas and the mm. fact that there really was uh, a plan going forward with this with this sequel trilogy, be it, you know, 
blessed by Lucas or not, as you say, Bob Iger, obviously, yeah. in the acquisition of Lucasfilm, had a, right. had some say, perhaps, uh, yeah. in the direction of how things went in terms of hiring yeah. new creative teams and whatnot. Oh, absolutely. But, uh, but yes, uh, kind of brings us around to our next story, which is that in an Uproxx article, J.J. Abrams did, in fact, confirm that it has always been his plan to bring Palpatine back for Episode Nine. He said... Well, when you look at this as nine chapters of a story, perhaps the weirder thing would be if Palpatine didn't return. You just look about what he talks about, who he is, how important he is, and why the story is. Strangely, his absence entirely from the third trilogy would be conspicuous. It would be very weird. And he goes on to talk about working with Larry Kasdan and how when they wrote Force Awakens, they were not writing in a vacuum. There was a plan with all of this going forward. Now, obviously, all of the individual filmmakers and writers and whatnot who've worked on these films have been able to bring their personal take to it. But I mean, I, I want to know, oh, we'll start with Wendy. What, what is, what is your take? Are you surprised that Palpatine was, was a plan from day one? I was definitely shocked when I saw the reveal in that trailer. I think it was me and Dennis sitting here where everybody else was at a uh, celebration. Oh yeah. And I heard the laugh and I was like, is this, am I being trolled right now? <laughs> like I, I really had to tune in. Uh, I am kind of surprised, honestly, that was planned from, from, for, since Force Awakens, because I felt like it was kind of like clear, like, you know, that we know what happened to Palpatine. And then, but I welcome it because I'm so curious. But I swear if they go the route of Snoke, flip the table. If, meaning <laughs> cut them in half and. And just give them nothing. It's, oh. it's like, but you, I don't think they'll do that to Palpatine. I think right. he's got too much history there. He's too important. Snoke is just my kind of problem with that was that they build him up to be this, this like. Oh, I awesome, see. you know what oh. I mean? Yeah. And then and they did nothing with him. So I, that's one of my favorite. I love that. That's probably mm-hmm. my favorite part of the, of the last Jedi. No, the fact that they were just just like, cut him in half and bye bye. Can I ask you a question, Ken? Uh oh. Um, oh no. Here it is. Just basically, it's this idea of because I read bo- both articles. W- one where they say J.J. Abrams had conversations with Kasdan yeah. about bringing Palpatine back. But either way, this is these conversations were with him knowing that he's not doing. He's not that. Oh yeah. Either. So these were conversations where he's like, "Here's I what I would like idea to do with it." Like, yes. You know, wouldn't it be cool if Palpatine comes back? I guess, but either way, I'm done. Yeah. yeah. Versus Colin Trevorrow saying, "Oh yeah, I'm not bringing Palpatine back." Oh yeah. Never mind. Oh yeah. Co- and, and Colin Trevorrow very explicitly said in, in an incredibly contradictory statement to Abrams, who, as you say, speculated that he would like to bring Palpatine back, even though, again, originally he was not going to be directing sure. this film. Yeah. Trevorrow straight up said Palpatine wasn't going to be in his movie. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like J.J. had an idea. Doesn't necessarily mean like he passed this down to like Ryan and and Colin saying, hey, guys, Palpatine's back. Bring it back. There are two pieces of evidence that often get get not included in in these articles because this is the there's a lot. Like you said, there's Trevorrow's just like, no, Uh, Pablo Hidalgo once tweeted out years ago when the there's no plan rhetoric started. He said, oh, there was a plan. It was in pencil. Just yeah. like George Lucas. Um, and that's how you should plan these things. Uh, mm-hmm. Because as we all know now, I mean, there was possibly, I mean, Mark Riley and I are grandpas. We remember when, uh, you know, Leia might have, there might have been another character that was going to be Luke's sister. And then now it ended up being Leia, all those kind of things. But there's another, there's other pieces out there where Kathleen Kennedy was like, there's a, there was a bunch of ideas all on the table. One of them was Palpatine. It didn't go that way, but now he's back, and it's like that idea is still on the table. And you look, and, and JJ talks about, hey, you know, uh, when I read the script, meaning Last Jedi, I realized this didn't get in the way of anything Larry and I talked about that I thought I'd get to get to. So yeah. that idea of that's, I think, and in this 
headline Twitter, you know, only, what are we up to now, 240 characters? Yeah, people on only read the headlines, yeah. though. <laughs> um, the Palpatine was planned all along from a certain point of view, because that's very Star wars It is. Well, it was always on the table if you wanted it. Mm -hmm. Because in that article, I, maybe because I'm obsessed with wording and, and the way you phrase certain things, he said, yes, I did have conversations yeah, 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 yeah. with Kazan. He didn't say, yes, this was my plan. Yes, Palpatine was always there. He said, yeah, I had conversations about Palpatine. He clearly says conversations, which literally means pencil, which means like you can do whatever you want with that. And the yeah. fact that he kind of put that to the side as like a way to say, I finished The Force Awakens, I'm done with what I had to do. Yeah. But now that he came back, he brought back that idea and that concept of Palpatine. Wendy, I want to yeah. come back to you on this Snoke mm -hmm. thing here because he does address this, he uh, does. this article, okay. Emma, right? Yeah. What does he say here? By the yeah. end of this movie, mm -hmm. um, this is the interview, or by the end of this movie, mm -hmm. we'll have a better sense of who Snoke is, question mark. I, yes. I should read that mm -hmm. as a question. Yes, exactly. Uh, not a statement. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, JJ, not saying too much, will say, I, I will say without giving anything away, knowing this movie is an ending is for me infinitely more challenging than the beginning. We knew we needed to provide <laughs> answers. Um, so I want to go back to you. You said you were disappointed with Snoke thing, and I think you, you're not alone. Oh, no. Right. Oh, you're not alone right. in this. Most people were. Uh, you, you, felt, you felt he was built up for something. You felt right. he wasn't used. Right. If you get some kind of answer to his story, anything in this movie, will that help you be more satisfied with that scene? What do you, what do you need? I mean, honestly, I made peace with it. I was upset when I first saw it. I was like, okay, that's, well, that's it. That's Snoke. Um, mm -hmm. At this point, I just want them to close out the story as clean as they possibly can. Sure. I don't feel like they need to go back and, like, give us a whole, like, exhibition about Snoke. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I, at this point, me personally, don't need that. Okay. Yeah. Hey, Jordan Harbinger here. Subscribe to the only show that will show you how to apply the world's greatest ideas from the most striking minds. After presenting more than a thousand interviews, I couldn't be more compelled to introduce you to the Jordan Harbinger show. We've got spies and CEOs, athletes and authors from Kobe Bryant to Malcolm Gladwell, Tony Hawk and Howie Mandel to the chairman of Google, founders of LinkedIn and Instagram, antiquities smugglers, con men, brilliant scientists, national heroes, and even the head of the CIA. Listed as Apple's best of 2018 and countless other awards that, let's be honest, you probably don't care about right now. So come and have a listen for yourself and join me as we exploit the superpowers of the world's most incredible thinkers, amazing achievers, and iconic change makers with their insights delivered right into your mind. You'll get that blueprint of their brilliance each week so that you can learn to live what you listen. Subscribe right now to The Jordan Harbinger Show, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you're listening now. Napa know-how. At Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers, get a $25 prepaid Visa card when you get any Napa automotive battery. It's the best deal for some of the best batteries from some of the best car people around. But we might be a little partial. Anywho, pick up any Napa automotive battery and save 25 bucks. Do it yourself or have it done for you. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care Centers. While supplies last, offer ends 831.20. Love DC movies, shows, and comic books? Well, we have good news for you. DC Universe, the ultimate DC membership, is offering a special 14-day free trial to our listeners. Visit dcuniverse.com slash podcast O-N-E and use promo code COLLIDER to start your free trial. 
DC Universe has so much to offer, including their action-packed original series like Doom Patrol, Young Justice, Outsiders, Swamp Thing, and Titan Season 2. It doesn't stop there. The highly anticipated adult animated series Harley Quinn premieres November 29th. Tune in to see Harley, voiced by Kaylee Cuoco, break things off with the Joker and attempt to make it on her own. Will she be the newly liberated queenpin of Gotham City? Catch new episodes every Friday. If you want to experience more DC, watch new animated films, enjoy classic animated series remastered in HD, binge some fan-favorite DC shows, watch classic films, and so much more. If reading is more your thing, DC Universe has over 20,000 digital comics that you can access at your fingertips. DC Universe is available on your favorite devices so you can watch on the go. Don't waste any time. Start your 14-day trial today. Visit www.dcuniverse.com slash podcast one and use promo code Collider. That's www.dcuniverse.com slash podcast one, promo code Collider to start your 14-day free trial. The code is valid through 1231.19. Jedi Council is sponsored by Warner Brothers Digital Networks, the operator of DC Universe. DC Universe is only available in the U.S. But they now they got to do. They, there's so many characters in this. Just they got to wrap everybody up. So if they don't do Palpatine justice, that's going to be a problem. I'm uh, I'm pretty firmly in the same camp as Ace. I loved that Snoke just. It's a good got, camp to be in sometimes. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I'm I'm uh, I'm Camp Ace right now, yeah. and uh, I loved that Snoke was nothing. Yeah. I loved it because I again I felt like the real strength of Last Jedi was it took all of these tropes and expectations that. J.J. Abrams executed extremely well in The Force Awakens. He did such a good job setting up a Star Wars story for a new generation. And Ryan Johnson went, cool, um, let me just flip all your expectations on their head. And I'm just going to approach this with a, a, a very different point of view. Mm. And so I loved that Snoke turned out to just kind of be a red herring. Like, he was nothing. He, he was the guy, tell, he, you know, again, telling telling uh, Kylo, take your stupid helmet off. Yeah. And Kylo, <laughs> Kylo has killed everyone who's told him to take his helmet off, mm-hmm. including his father now. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why it makes sense that he rebuild it. So, so Wendy, what were your expe- expectations for Snoke in The Last Jedi coming in? Because I, I, I think it's important <laughs> to hear because a lot of people are, are, yeah. are, are, are in your side. I, I kind of wanted him, in, in a way, almost a parallel to be a Palpatine. Mm-hmm. Okay. As, as Palpatine was. So, like, kind of like how Snoke that sure. was that for Kylo. We just didn't get to explore right. more of that. That relationship was very superficial. So then, let, shown. so then let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Now knowing that we are getting Palpatine back in Episode Nine, do you feel less gypped by the Snoke thing? Yes. Okay. That's why I was so happy. So, so, so happy. Do you feel like we're going to get a Palpatine-Snoke connection? Like, is Palpatine going to be like, Snoke was one of my apprentices, (laughs) or like, whatever. Star Wars, so why not? Snoke was a a ploy of mine. Like, whatever. Like, some sort of, like, Palpatine. Snoke is a a failed Palpatine clone. Snoke was an old friend of mine. (laughs) (laughs) Like, whatever he decides to say. We used to get coffee. Yeah, Yeah, we used to get, I know, I feel like he'll kind of brush him off, like, uh, yeah. Just, yeah. Just another one. Okay. Another one bites the dust. Because I'm Palpatine and I'm the best. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's still a lot to explore there for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As far as Snoke being oh, so. Yeah. I think what people were this, this like, felt so, like, let down by is the fact that he was so powerful in the Force. Yeah. Snoke was. If he was just kind of like a whatever Force user, but the fact that he was just this grand, super powerful kind of guy, we're like, how the hell. Are you so powerful and that you just came out of nowhere and then just disappeared out of nowhere again? Mm-hmm. That's kind of what people were let down by in The yeah. Last Jedi. Sure. I yeah. mean, which I totally get. 
a, yeah. a character shows up in a, in a dark robe as a hologram in one movie and is killed quickly in the other movie. But enough about Palpatine and Empire and Jedi. Let's talk about the TV oh, spots hey, going on. Hey, hey, uh, hey. hey Doreen's back there. Hi, Doreen. Hi, Doreen. We're going to make you, you like the prequels one day. Anyways, <laughs> the great. promotion train's going, like I said, and we're going to uh, quickly kind of go through these uh, TV spots. We, I think we talked last week about one of the TV spots, mm-hmm. right? Boom. Mm-hmm. And then that one was called End, and this one now they have yeah. one called Fate. That's the one that reveals the Knights of Ren. Oh, yes. So uh, many wow. people uh, Context, were clues, warnings, screen capping yeah. that and tweeting that at me. There they are. Look they're, at this. This looks like, like a, a Ford commercial. <laughs> <laughs> like it's panning around. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> this That's great. So oh, no, tough. I would expect it. I would expect like a Ford F one fifty to roll in, and all the no. Knights of Red just hop in. They're all gonna get in their own Fords <laughs> yeah. and drive and off like in the desert. V. Promotion yes. consideration paid for by Ford, the truck of <laughs> Knights of Red. Their weapons in the back of the truck, yeah. like super slow mo style, like a Knight of Red. Yes, yeah. amazing. Um, anyways, but on. actually, I joke, but it's a cool shot. It is a cool shot. Uh, Thirty one seconds or, or so on, on both of these uh, trailers. Um, you got to see Ray uh, leaping. Uh, we got some context, a lot of context clues, which is what TV spots bother me more than anything. We talked about last mm-hmm. week of, of right? like, I love that we got Kylo Ren and stormtroopers and we're like, what's happening? And now we're like, oh, it's the Falcon blowing them out. Like, I, yeah, like uh, but it is what it is. Yeah. Um, they, I don't feel it revealed too much, Ace, but you and I are probably some of the more grumpier anti-TV yes. spot people. Well, how are you feeling? Uh, uh, the Knights of Ren is my biggest takeaway of this. Can, can I just take five seconds to defend the Knights of Ren? My God. Well, they're not, I'm not attacking I'm, yeah, them. I'm just saying attacking. they drive good we wanna, trucks. We want to put them in, yeah. Uh, oh, but Riley less, says they suck. Go for it. Go. Because I just, the Knights of Ren. I'm on Star Wars Twitter. And obviously Star Wars Twitter it's is... It's a awful. dangerous place to be. Ups yeah. and downs. I left it a long time ago. Not, not me. I'm still on there. And I see a lot of ups and downs. But uh, I saw a few tweets being like... Look how dumb they look. This is super what? dumb. I can't believe really? people wanted this. They look like this. Kylo Ren. And I'm people like, think Kylo Ren is dumb looking? Can, can I just say that the Knights of Ren, number one, look really cool. Number two, is a payoff that people who saw The Force Awakens and said, what? hey, yeah, yeah. I'm look, in. a little gang of little Kylos. Like, that sounds yeah. cool. And the fact that we didn't get him in eight, a lot of people took that as like, you know, Ryan Johnson somehow yeah. flipping off J.J. Abrams or something like that. I took it as like, Oh, you know, we'll see them down the line. Yeah. But can I just say, the 100%. Knights of Ren look cool and can be cool, guys. Like, guys, this isn't... I just, I, I want the Knights of Ren to be my episode nine Inquisitors. Right? The end. Okay. They could be so like fun to yeah. watch. Like that. That's mm-hmm. what I want. I, I like that. that. <laughs> I think one of the best parts, and another quick little tidbit, <laughs> we can get such great action scenes. Yeah. From some of the best stuntmen in the world. Yeah. And maybe because I'm very pro-stuntman. Yeah. Uh, you must, yeah. I, I have a lot of stuntman connections. I know yeah. a lot of friends who are in the stunt business. Yeah. And these guys just give their heart and soul. And they, they really do. can deliver great quality content and great quality action scenes. And the Knights of Ren are the perfect example. Put these guys in suits. Make them just dominate the scenes yeah. of action. And you can deliver some really cool stuff. And I think... The Knights yeah. of Ren is a perfect example of that. Also, like, mm-hmm. give them to me as Disneyland characters today. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Just, like, a bunch of Knights of Ren walking around Galaxy's Edge. Sign me up. Wow. I, I, Wendy, you're the final word on Knights of Ren. Cool or really cool? <laughs> uh, we're going to go with a really cool. <laughs> yeah. Really cool. 
I like that a lot. We also got the uh, like a look back at the saga, which is uh, emotion. They do this so well. The music swells at the right moments. I'm telling you, you, it's emotional terrorism. Your your phrase last week, really, uh, really good. Um, We talked a lot about this, Wendy. For you, going into uh, the end of the the quote end of the Skywalker saga, Mm -hmm. uh, and and what are you feeling as a fan? You've been a passionate fan for years, which is why it's good to have you here today. How do you feel going into the final chapter? And after uh, watching this video, I'm getting uh, choked I up. Can't, I can't watch it. Like I already think, like I, I am. Cho- I'm mm. getting choked up in little tears right now. Um, this is very bittersweet because it's. I can't believe like this is like you know the movie that my dad showed me when I was little, not even like really knowing English that well. So like kind of watching it with Chinese subtitles on VHS to all the way to the prequels to yeah. what we have today. Uh, I am really excited. I am. Should I say cautiously excited? Is that is is that part of your star your Star Wars saga, which is the segment we've got here of of seeing it in other languages and other cultures and and, try, and connecting to not necessarily the words and phrases directly translated as we have them, but right. just the visuals and the story and the sweeping epic. That's an interesting yeah. entry point into Star Wars. It was definitely the visuals. I've never seen any anything like like a, you know a space battle, anything mm-hmm. like that. Lightsabers, Jedi's. And I didn't know what it was. The words because I was so young and because there was a slight mm-hmm. language disconnect. It, it didn't mean as much to me until I understood, mm-hmm. it became, until I became fluent in English. So it was just like the spectacle that I saw on screen. And I was like, what is this and where can I get more? And that's when I fell in love yeah. with Star Wars. But again, mm-hmm. I love it because George would say, hey, this is a silent silent movie I've made. Just maybe throwing some music and everything there. <laughs> Emma, this is not all we got. It we got a lot of people talking not. about this one oh final thing. Oh my goodness. We got a big revelation in a new clip from The Rise of Skywalker that mm. revealed Stormtroopers what they fly now uh the internet was buzzing about stormtroopers flying and whether or not this was something that was already explored in star wars canon the answer is yes it has been addressed before however we have never seen stormtroopers fly in the films and it's pretty awesome that we are seeing that ace your take on flying stormtroopers i I mean i love it i mean it's one of those things that one of the best parts of the first time we see Boba Fett is the fact that he has this jetpack and the ideas of jetpacks just took off mm-hmm. and jetpacks became one of the coolest things in sci-fi like ever. Yeah. Like, and G.I. Joe and Cobra. Okay. Oh, that's true. <laughs> okay. That's true. Listen, jetpacks for me go back to the Rocketeer, but uh, there you can, go. Yes. I, I remember a, my 50s. There's yeah. a little, uh, you know, there was a little uh, kind of. Back and forth regarding uh, a comment that was made by Finn. Finn. Uh, uh, Mr. FN217? 2187. 2187. FN2187. Former Stormtrooper (laughs) making a comment... They fly now, which, you know, incensed some people because once again, they, you know, we've had flying stormtroopers before, just not in the movies. So you can, what would you like to say to the naysayers? Look, I understand the question. I actually understand the question. Finn wouldn't have never seen this before. Uh, Battlefront doesn't count. Playing that game doesn't count. It's it's, it's, unless you play the story mode. Um, But in The Last Jedi Visual Dictionary uh, by Pablo Hidalgo, it does talk about how... um, Secrets Revealed is a little section where Finn does reveal some secrets to the to the resistance of the First Order. But it notes he, though, Finn is very low level and does not know everything mm-hmm. in the First Order. And that that was mostly to address the fact that he told them about Starkiller Base in the seconds, minutes, hours he had mm-hmm. and didn't tell them about the supremacy because in the novel he feels bad. Uh, in the Last Jedi novel, there's a moment where he's like, after he comes to, where he's like... 
My bad. Didn't tell you about the supremacy Snoke ship. I served on it. My bad. Things I got crazy and I went to go save my friend because I'm not part of the resistance yet. Um, so it makes some sense canonically. There's these little tiny things where Finn himself wasn't necessarily ace in the flying stormtrooper corps when he was part of the first order. Yeah, and I think they make that pretty clear in the Force Awakens is that he doesn't have all the info needed mm-hmm. um, to be a you know high level stormtrooper sure. or officer or whatever. Um, yeah, I, I, to me it makes sense, and I, I just think it's a fun throwaway line. I don't think it's meant to be anything. Worth. That's the other thing. Yeah, yeah. try having some fun <laughs> yeah. watching Star Wars. I just think it's a cool little moment where fans can finally see storm, you know, jet troopers and yeah. the idea of jet troopers yeah. on live action film. It's yeah. it's cool. It's fun. I don't know about yeah. your parents or your parents. My my dad's gonna be like, they fly now. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> mine, yeah, mine too. Quite yeah. honestly, uh, Wendy, what is your take on the uh, "they fly now" line? Fun, fun, humorous moment in Star Wars, or or just slapping cannon yeah. in the face? Well, you can yell back. <laughs> you, can, you can yell back if uh, no, I'm wrong. Yeah, <laughs> no, I think it's totally fine. I, I look, I find the line funny and i think yeah. it's most natural coming from finn i feel like out of all the it's characters very he, it's very finn it's very like, what, they fly now it's like well they didn't have this one i don't could i can yeah. i get yeah that? can i get one of those right exactly like, so two questions to follow up that how come it took them that long to figure out flying stormtroopers oh, when they the jet troopers Boba yeah. right two can they fly as well as they shoot <laughs> mm, that's a good question. That's a good. That's what we really need. That's to what we really that need is to truly the question. Yeah. That yeah. is yeah. truly the no question. Palpatine doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. O- over under on a, a stormtrooper with a jetpack flying directly into like the side of a canyon. I'd love this. I'm taking the over. <laughs> okay. Taking the over. Over. Okay. Over. 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 It's yes. a clean sweep. Yep, I'm over as Sorry, well. Sorry, Jesse so. uh, whatever, whatever you think about that clip, it's out. It seems to be uh, an early sequence in the film, a big chase sequence, a big set piece. We'll see. They're on that planet, Pisano. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is our look at Star Wars movie news. Star Wars news. Uh, there's a lot of news out there, but we are going to get into our quick little. We got a lot of your fan questions we want to get to, but we're going to stop for a little second into spoiler territory as we bring up the Mandalorian. Safe and secure society. Sorry. Um, we bring up. Uh, our Mandalorian uh, spoiler, uh, Emma and I did the breakdown this week on Collider Video. You can check that out. Uh, we went along. A lot of people upset, Emma, that our re- discussion, it's not necessarily it's a, not review. a review, our discussion is longer than the show. I don't know how that logic tracks, but that's what a discussion is. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but I definitely, as we get into it here, I want to f- uh, focus on, on you both, your experience with Chapter 3, the sin, and the show overall, because Wendy, we haven't heard your thoughts yet about it. Sin, man. How do you like committing Ooh, them sins? I, I heard a lot about this. I, I was late to watching this, by right, the way. Right. So so this was me, like, dodging Star Wars Twitter, like, sure. Neo in the Matrix, like, straight up. Like, I'm trying not to see any spoilers. Yeah. yeah. I would also like to see uh, a meme of that, please. Just yes. replace uh, uh, Keanu Reeves' face with Ace yeah. and make the bullets all Star Wars spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. But... I mean, my God, guys, it was so cool. It was amazing because it it has enough story beats to get you to the climactic final battle. But at the same time, everything with, obviously, it's spoilers, so I can say this. Baby Yoda. Yeah. And and we got more information on that as well. And it's the perfect example of what happened, at least the ideas of what we think happened to the Mandalorians. And this idea of Uh them coming out one at a time, Mm. them seemingly to the outside world looks to be extinct because mm-hmm. if they only see one Mandalorian in each like system, they're probably like, Oh, they're kind of gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, but the fact that there's more there yeah. gives a little bit more credence. And the fact that we get 
Freaking John Favreau. I know. Paz Vizla. Paz Vizla. Yeah. The Which cousin is, of Pre. I don't know. We're figuring uh, that out. Son of Pre. We don't know. We we don't know what that is, and and I, and I find that to be so fun. And and obviously he's got the full Beskar, the Mandalorian armor. The final battle, mm-hmm. the Mandalorian showing up at the end, which to me was like almost tear-inducing. I was I was this close to crying. Um, but the biggest takeaway for me is what you said earlier, and what I can finally say: being a fan of the prequels, as Ooh. I will constantly say. Oh, I know what you're going to say. Being a fan of, <laughs> of the first thing that I, I teased to you guys when I first mentioned the idea of what is going on with this creature: is this some sort of clone? Does this have a midichlorian connection? Mm. It looks like it does. Is it, that, it's is that the Lost Muppet that? song? A no, midichlorian connection. <laughs> yeah. It ain't easy having midichlorian. But, but it's, yeah. it's that idea that maybe people who... This is a giving all the, you know... Credit to George Lucas, and uh-huh. instead of laughing at mm. George and mm. saying, ha-ha, midichlorians are dumb, mm. being like, ha-ha, more midichlorians, like, according to yeah. the main storyline. Yeah, just lean into because, it. Because, you know, the client was like, extract what you can from it. Extract the materials extract you need. Extract the materials yeah. we need and be done with it. And I was like, what materials, mm. yo? Yeah. If mm-hmm. not, you know, midichlorians, like, what else can it mm. be? If there's this scientific way to somehow... Whether it's in the blood, whether it's in the DNA, whether it's it's the cloning sample itself, whether this thing is a clone or it's not, it, it's mm-hmm. it's just giving me more and more mm. prequel love. What excites me? What excites me? Because George has introduced yes. some some wonderful, crazy things in the prequels and all of Star Wars, but yes. things. Um, this goes to like the, the Jar Jar thing, where mm-hmm. you know, first of all, I love Ahmed best, and I, I want I that guy to so. nothing. I think we all do. Um, but you know, it's a, all right, it's a tough character to take it at is. times. When, when Chuck Wendig cha- uh, tackled that in Aftermath and the interlude and gave us a beautiful epilogue of Jar Jar Banks of how he becomes a clown only appreciated by children in the galaxy who are hurt by war. Like, it, it's, it's like, not only is it oh good, yeah, not only so is it good. good, but it's like, you, you went at one of the hardest things to take in Star Wars and, and you challenged yourself to make it work. If, if Favreau and Filoni, with George on set, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, and maybe hanging around, having some dinner or something with him, um, says, hey, you know that thing that everyone doesn't like and we don't talk about anymore? How can we make it work? If it, if it comes out yeah. to be that that's, that's what they're dealing with, Emma, gar darn it, garsh darn it, Ford C. Frick, that's the cuss word I use. <laughs> um, I, that's exciting to me. It is. No, because, I mean... And that, to me, would be so in line with everything that's happening in terms of Star Wars canon nowadays anyway. If you look at the stuff that they go in and they extract from the extended universe, I know that there are a lot of people that are massive fans of the extended universe novels. However, some of it is a little bit silly. But mm-hmm. what they're doing is they're going in and they're going, you know what? Yeah, that is a little bit silly, but here's how we're going to make it work. And here's how we're going to address it and we're not going to ignore it anymore and we are going to make it part of Star Wars and gosh darn it, you're going to like it now. Well, the, which is why in Rise of Skywalker, they're going to go to the second Death Star ruins and find the ghost of IG-88. Yeah. It's clearly, oh my gosh. Uh, Wendy, your experience with the show overall, we haven't had your thoughts on it here and, and this particular episode. Where are you at with this? Uh, so I've been watching the show slightly later than everybody else. Like mm-hmm. I don't get to see it as soon as it comes out because if my if I watch it without my husband, he's going to get real upset. So That's have a to- sign of a good mm-hmm. marriage. That's strong, solid. Yeah. Like, I will wait for you to watch, but hurry yeah. up and get home. So the show, every with every episode, has always been very hyped on Twitter. I can't go on Twitter. I can't go on social media. I have to mute the words. Um, 
each episode collectively has gotten better and better and better from episode one with the reveal of the child, you know, the second mm-hmm. episode and this third one. Oh, my God. I was like in tears. <laughs> you know what it <laughs> is? Mandalorians rising it's, up. Uh, <gasps> it's the ADR, honestly. Uh, automated dialogue replacement for anybody who doesn't know, uh, which is basically adding the sound effects that the baby makes. <laughs> baby Yoda makes some real cute baby noises. Yes. And it's yeah. just like the scene where he's getting <laughs> taken away and he's just it's- like, oh. And I, I'm telling you, that ear flap in the wind is still one of my favorite things in Star oh, Wars. So you're cute. having a good experience. I'm with having this show. such a great experience, and I kind of love that. Okay, so I am not as enthusiastic as you guys were about this, uh, the prequels. Right. And, and that's fine, but they exist. They're mm-hmm. a part yeah. of the whole Star Wars universe, it's the whole story. And I love the way that they've kind of slightly they're hinting at. Mm-hmm. Mini chlorines, and and for the first time ever, I welcome it. I was like, because at first I was kind of like, what the heck? Is well, this? super battle droid, like it, it, to see it yeah, in real life. Super battle action, action, was, was dope. like, and, and, it, and yeah. again, attack the clones. Not necessarily it's live action, but not really. But to yeah. see it like practical, <laughs> I was like really excited for that. Yes, exactly, and it's exactly what. So this show is giving me. It's really exceeding all of my expectations because I said I'm, I'm watching them late, and it is so hyped up. Like, I'll talk to Emma, and she's like, oh, my God, I can't wait to see it. And I was like, great. Like, you, like the hype is up there, and I'm just like, there, there's no yeah, way. It's just, know. It, it, you know, how you overhype yourself for it. And every single time I watch this episode, I'm like, I need to watch that again immediately. It is yeah. that good. I yeah. love I love oh, the Mandalorian like so much. Care, L- last Cincinnati. thing, because yeah. I know uh-huh. we need to move on yeah. because fans come first. Um, it's one of those things, too, where... I keep going back, and this, again, was coming out of nowhere. I didn't have any idea where this was going, but to my first theory of, like, we already know that Yoda has a high midi-chlory count because Obi-Wan said it in The Phantom Menace. Mm -hmm. This is something that's already set up in canon. I would just love for them to use that little line and just build off of it and just see Mm. where it goes with this kind of being. Whether it is a clone of Yoda or not, it could just be a Yoda species and that's good enough for me yeah. and good enough for everyone else. I just think that's exciting. So It's exciting. Oh, yeah. real quick. Oh, uh, oh, oh, yeah. Pause Vizsla. Pause Vizsla. Pause Vizsla. John Favreau. Yeah. Um, just full on doing the same voice as he did for Previsla. <laughs> I was going to say. Like, literally not even Not even hiding that he's John Favreau. <laughs> he might as well have been like, oh, I'm John Favreau. Take off your helmet. But the idea of obviously... Death Watch, all this stuff. I just like that his name is Paz. Paz. A little hint and nod towards, you know, Paz, yeah. peace uh, in Spanish. Yeah. And it's this idea of, like, that's not... I like it. It's an all-star. Quite, I don't know. But it, yeah. nothing says peace like a heavy artillery boom, 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 boom. gun. <laughs> Available soon yeah, yeah. from Hasbro's Black yeah. Series. Uh, um, I was going to say uh, uh, Black Series Rebels, which is our friend Alex and Steve, <laughs> but um, uh, the Black Series line. All right. That brings to a close... The spoiler talk from Mandalorian. Wendy, you're going to lead us through some fan questions because it's the holidays, at least here for us in this in Burbank. Uh, I don't know where the rest of the states are celebrating. We're celebrating Thanksgiving, but also we're going to give thanks back to you with your questions. A lot of times because the shows have been going not long, just been very full. We haven't had a chance to answer a lot of yours. Uh, we specifically wanted to bring Wendy to help us get through some of these wonderful questions. Wendy, take it away. Let's kick off the first question. This is a question from Nick Field at Nick underscore field 90. He writes, so I'm a film guy and the quote unquote hiatus talk and focus on Disney plus has me a bit concerned that Star Wars films are being put on the back burner. Do you agree with me or are you happy to see TV, video games, books and etc. get a chance in the spotlight? 
Love DC movies, shows, and comic books? Well, we have good news for you. DC Universe, the ultimate DC membership, is offering a special 14-day free trial to our listeners. Visit dcuniverse.com slash podcast O-N-E and use promo code COLLIDER to start your free trial. DC Universe has so much to offer, including their action-packed original series like Doom Patrol, Young Justice, Outsiders, Swamp Thing, and Titan Season 2. It doesn't stop there. The highly anticipated adult animated series Harley Quinn premieres November 29th. Tune in to see Harley, voiced by Kaylee Cuoco, break things off with the Joker and attempt to make it on her own. Will she be the newly liberated queen pin of Gotham City? Catch new episodes every Friday. If you want to experience more DC, watch new animated films, enjoy classic animated series remastered in HD, binge some fan-favorite DC shows, watch classic films, and so much more. If reading is more your thing, DC Universe has over 20,000 digital comics that you can access at your fingertips. DC Universe is available on your favorite devices so you can watch on the go. Don't waste any time. Start your 14-day trial today. Visit www.dcuniverse.com slash podcast one and use promo code COLLIDER. That's www.dcuniverse.com slash podcast one, promo code COLLIDER to start your 14-day free trial. The code is valid through 1231.19. Jedi Council is sponsored by Warner Brothers Digital Networks, the operator of DC Universe. DC Universe is only available in the U.S. Mm, well, I'm a big TV, video games, and books person, so it doesn't really bother me to see the films getting put on the back burner. I, I understand because that is where Star Wars started, and certainly there are many people who I truly would consider to be Star Wars fans that really mostly they watch the films, and that's yeah. what they're here for. Um, I, I do think that having the TV shows and and video games and such be at the forefront right now by having the films go on a little bit of a hiatus, you might push some fans who previously really were only into the films in the direction of taking in some other Star Wars media, which I think is a good thing because I think there's a lot of really great Star Wars content out there. There's a lot of, of really great writers that are working on the books who, you know, might get more attention now. So it it does not bother me. Mm. Yeah, it, it, this this goes back to, again, Bob Iger, Bob Iger in his book, the idea of business strategy and content strategy when it comes to media. It, and it's always going to be, not to say that TV isn't a big investment. However, with TV, you have much more of a bigger timeline. You have a little bit more of extension when it comes to story beats and storylines. When it comes to movies, the investment, in not just on a production level, but on a marketing level with a film like a Star Wars, any kind of Star Wars film is so massive that it's just a bigger investment and there's more to lose and there's more at stake if it's a film than if it's a tv show or if it's a video game or an animated series there's more opportunities to tell riskier stories on a tv structure Mm -hmm. than a movie Mm -hmm. because a movie has much more investment just pure money wise than a TV or an animated show or a video game does. So that's kind of the strategy that Bob Iger has going forward is this idea of I'm going to invest on Star Wars stories that have less less money to invest in so I can have creators tell the stories they want versus risking that on the big screen and having this wave of negativity comes towards me. Mm -hmm. That's kind of the idea that he's going with right now whether we like it or not. Obviously, I'm also a film guy, and I kind of want to see more Star Wars movies, but I get where they're coming from. 
Yeah, I, I'm with I, I, I'm like Nick. I'm probably a film guy. I watch everything and play everything. I read everything, but I'm still like Star Wars is in, in the big screen. But the case of what I a movie I love, I love so little death. But it was a, it was used to call it a loss last week, and it's a loss. It's a yeah. loss because of the perception, lost because of the money, lost because of the problems, and lost because Uncle Bob didn't want to wait when they had problems, and he rushed that thing out to where even stores couldn't market it because they had Endgame toys out. So it was uh, for them to. I don't know why it's considered bad to go, hey, we've been going really good, or we're making a billion dollars. This one didn't. Um, maybe there's let's, – let's stop for a second. Let's catch our breath. And we got all of this. I don't know why that's considered bad. I would want a leader to do that or a company uh, heads to do that. Hey, can we – like just for a second, maybe we'd shot out of the gate too soon. We've clearly had some choices go awry. Let's take a moment. They already said they have a director pick for 2022, and they're going to announce it in the new year. So they're, the hiatus will be short. But also, to your point, Emma, um, we talk a lot on the show here, so I don't want to remix it too much. But the idea of the way we take in our media has changed. Mm-hmm. The, to build up the brand, to build Star Wars into what you're doing, which is Mandalorian is getting a, not getting away like it's bad, but like getting away with a lot of interesting storytelling yes. in a different kind of tone poem type of way that could not be in a movie. Yep. Um, and there's less pressure on, on it in a way. But also, Emma, like, you know, I, I, I joke, but this is why we try to, you know, diversify this panel in a lot of different ways. I got gray in my beard. I'm used to <laughs> two hours, 10 minutes. That's my movie. Go home. But then about 10 years ago, TV started yeah. to change and our expectations of how stories have told have changed. They have. They have to kind of build the brand under those new ways as well. They do. And I think that, you know, given the incredible success of The Mandalorian, the fact that it has surpassed Stranger Things as the number one streaming series. Right. Uh, they're doing something right. Yeah. Are you okay with uh, waiting on the movies, Wendy? I mean, I don't think uh, just because we're getting like video games, books, TV shows, that means Star Wars films are being put mm-hmm. on the back burner at all. That's kind of, to me, like the tent poles, the, the staples of the Star Wars universe. That's mm-hmm. how it was introduced. That's yeah. how it's always going to be. But I love these little smaller shows, properties, books, whatnot, yeah. to kind of supplement and make the universe a lot That's more right. full. Yeah. And, 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 yeah. and to your point, Ken, with TV, as you say, it doesn't quite have the same stakes as film in terms of them trying to have a big turnover at the box office. So consequently, they are able to take some risks that they wouldn't necessarily take in a film. And also it provides newer creators who haven't had the opportunity to Mm -hmm. work on Star Wars. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Deborah Chow, case in point, last week, big win for her. Um, All right. Yeah. What else we got? Next, we've got a question from Rob Mack, who writes, if R2 is in the Hall of Fame, who are some of your favorite droids? Personally, my top three would be Chopper, BB-8, and my guy, R5-D4, because he's the only droid on the shelf as a kid. Happy Thanksgiving. That's amazing. Happy Thanksgiving to you, Rob. You're real excited, okay, I know, because I love droids. I, I really do. Okay. <laughs> Can I get that in a GIF, GIF meme? Of it? I, love I love droids. <laughs> I do. I freaking love droids. Uh, I mean, you guys, Ace went into this last week when we were talking about Jedi Fallen Order, but BD1 yeah, like, yeah. just skyrocketed up he's the droid list. He's literally he's a puppy up. droid. Oh, he's, he's so a puppy cute. Droid. He is I a wasn't, puppy. when I first saw gameplay footage of that, because we saw like a little preview of yeah. the game at Celebration, but we didn't see any gameplay. We saw images of BD1, but we didn't really see him in action. So when I first started seeing gameplay footage of Fallen Order, I was not prepared for BD1 to be as small as he is. Mm-hmm. Like, I knew he was little, but I oh, wasn't, yeah, yeah, I know what I wasn't yeah, prepared yeah, yeah. for him yeah. to, like, sit on your shoulder. Oh, my God. He's the best. <laughs> he's like I a love, chihuahua droid. Lo- he is. 
he's like, oh, a little baby, but a he's, like, he's like our dogs. Uh, yes, uh, BD1. Okay, BD1. Uh, I want to give a little shout out to uh, an often overlooked uh, droid. From Rebels. So Rebels, uh, obviously, Chopper is like, he's my he's my boy. I love mm-hmm. Chopper. I love my little murder robot. Uh, <laughs> highest body count in all of Star Wars Rebels. Easily yeah. go back and count. Um, <laughs> but I also love AP5, who yes. is the the protocol, the sort of Steve, evil protocol. Steven Stanton Stanton again yep. singing. And I'm, I gave AP5, <laughs> I gave, gave AP5 so much crap for singing. And yep. Steven was here and kind of took a shot at me, which yeah. is why I love Steven. He's Drops great. Miss Kathy. Hi, how are you all doing? Let's get some <laughs> pasta soon. But I love AP5. AP5 is great. Because basically what they did was, it, so AP5 is essentially, he's like a depressed yes. droid that has a very Alan Rickman-esque voice. Oh, that very really, Marvin really from works. Hitchhiker's yes, movie. Yes, very yeah, Marvin yeah. from Hitchhiker's. And, uh, and yeah, it's funny, like, having the pair of him and Chopper, they're like the anti-C-3PO and R2-D2. Oh, it's it's yeah. great. All right, great um, choice. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but, and then also, I love K2SO. K2 is a great mm-hmm. big win, I think, for I, me. I think we can all agree. Mm-hmm. I mean, I hope we can all agree that R2 is the GOAT. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's oh, in yeah. the Hall of Fame. Yeah. That's he why is. I think Rob's saying yeah. you can't even choose him because no. he's can't, already there. You can't. Yeah. Uh, BB-8 Hall of 3PO became, in there. Let's see it. Yeah. R2-D2, BB-8 became legendary quickly. Yeah. Um, I think BD-1's up there. I really like K2. I think K2 yeah. is, is one of the best droids in a, a movie that we've seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, K2SO. Shout out to K2. Um... If, if we talk about droids that don't necessarily have a personality, sure. I've always been partial towards the droidicas. Oh, Maybe yeah. Because of Phantom mm. Menace, the first time they appear. Master, like, destroy us. Yes. And also, they're no match for droidicas. Yeah. Like, that line is just classic yeah. to me. Um, I think that's great. And I think uh, R4. Shout out to R4. Maybe because I'm a big fan of Obi-Wan. And that's yeah. his. Awful. Yeah. Awful. Um, it's sad when R4 dies. It is right. I, I don't feel he pays. You talk about you worried about Akbar getting his his death due. <laughs> R four dies, and you're it's, like, ah, there goes his head. Every time I ah. see Revenge of the Sith, I'm so glad you said that. I think I might have said this to you before too. So I feel you. I get so mad yeah. at Obi Wan. Yeah. I'm like, bro, that's your boy. That's R four. Yeah. He's been yeah. with you, and he's like, oh my, oh. He's but dead. I think there's a, there's a strain in Obi Wan yeah. where he's maybe not as droid positive as we'd like him to that's be. That's true. That's that's very fair. I think, I think maybe. Yeah. Good list. Good list. Uh, for me, yeah, K two S. I really like the death of K two S. Was is, is one of the emotional punches in that yeah. movie. We've so talked about true. that. BB eight is so important because he, he kind of stole Episode seven. And if that doesn't work, a lot of things don't work. And if you're a fan of the sequel trilogy, you're most likely a fan of BD eight. BB eight, and I, I, it works. Um, uh, AB five is a great choice, Emma. Thank I grew you. to like Chopper. I didn't like Chopper. At first. I know you. I didn't. Remember when you did Chop- like Chopper? Chopper the fart bot. You Mod Garrett, Garrett and I on Jedi yeah. Alliance to be Chopper the fart bot. But you know what? I'm a grumpy, cantankerous a hole. I'm, I'm 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 David Harbor from Stranger <laughs> like, Things. Yeah. Chopper is the same thing. Realized that Chopper was just you yeah. in a Star Wars. Yeah. Oh my god! Can you can you give us your best Chopper? Is that? <laughs> <laughs> nice. and it's Filoni. And now it. we know it's Filoni. That's perfect. Yeah. Fart pot. Yeah. Anyways, uh, as far as like, I think it's great too. Inanimate ones, uh, or not, in, but the ones yeah. born is uh, personality based. Personality, mm-hmm. yeah. I do like Mr. Bones too. I grew, I grew to love Mr. Bones. I hated, I hated Mr. Bones, and then I grew to love him. Mm-hmm. Part of my journey in that uh, in, as a Star Wars fan, the Gonk droids. I love droids. Gonk droids. Oh, 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 <laughs> like come on, that's yeah. great. So Favorite cute. droids? Oh, okay. BB-8, K2SO, 
Phoebe Waller-Bridge's character? Oh, oh yeah. L3. L3. Yeah. yeah. It's a hard people sell for a lot like, of people. Some people didn't like L3. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. a hard sell. A lot sell. of people, did, a lot of people didn't I like L3. Right. I, um, I like that she did. was outspoken about droid rights. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. See, no wonder. Obi-Wan would be like, I don't know about that. Exactly. Obi-Wan and I would have a fight about that. Phoebe Waller-Bridge, I think over time, that will get more appreciated. I do, The scene with Kira of... It works. Trust yeah, me. Yeah, it works. Yeah, like, yeah. there's a lot of good stuff there. I, I know it's it a hard great. sell, but I think L3 is an underrated choice. I also just feel like we need to give a little love to the B1 battle droids. Absolutely. Yeah. Roger, yeah. Roger. Roger. I love, I Roger, love George Lucas's <laughs> description of them to Steven yeah. Spielberg when he's just like, oh, yeah, these are just like paper oh, yeah. to the chain. <laughs> yeah. And then he's like, oh, cool. Yeah, I'm cool. All right, I, I, I want to give some t- time. Uh, Riley, we're good. We're good here. A few more, right? Okay. All okay. Right. okay. Wendy. Pick some good ones here. All right, here Pressure's we go. On. This is why I brought you here today. <laughs> the next one comes from Terry Snyder, who writes, besides Ahsoka, because I feel like that's a given, what other animated character we haven't seen would you like to see in live action? Mine is either Cad Bane or Hondo. Thanks and love the show. Thank you, Terry. Um, are we going to say the same? Should we? Oh, wait. On, on three. Well, one. I'm going to say. Okay, no, okay. do it. I want to see on oh, three. Okay, right. One, two, three. Bo-Katan. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Hera? I want to see Hera. I've said it a million times. Okay. I think if we see the ghost in that trailer, can we please see Hera in the Rise of Skywalker? You do want that, yeah. yeah. I, I want to see Hera. No, I want to see Hera. I was joking well, before but... about you know Hera saving the day. Yeah. Because I, I think that would be a bit much. Yeah. But can we at least see her in okay. the background? Sure. Can we see her. We yeah. heard her name. Around. We've seen the ship. Yeah. We've seen Chopper. Mm-hmm. Give me a line of time. The den mother of Star Wars is yeah. like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's time. All right, Bo-Katan. Bo-Katan Kreese. I think well, you're, I think you're going to get your wish. I think I might. Yeah. I think you're pretty strong about it. I think you are. <laughs> I would not be surprised if that's the person that saves little baby. Uh, well, never mind. Can I, can I say another one? Um, one more, yeah. Sabine Wren. Yeah. I mean, yeah. can we see Sabine? I think we will see Sabine. I mean, I, I want to see Duchess Satine, but she did. Well, so yeah, that'd have to be like a flashback. Yeah. Yeah. I still think we can see Sabine. I think that's yeah, I think a possibility. We can see yes. Yeah, I think because so of her too. age, because of her connection. Yeah. All yeah. right. 100%. Quick answer from you, and then Sabine. I'll give mine. Sabine. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love that. Cad Bane is. Yeah, a great uh, I really choice. think Cad Bane would work. Great choice. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll expand this to uh, from animated to also just. Literary and comic book, Ray Sloan. I will yeah, never, I, I will never you're, stop you're talking about Ray, Ray Sloan. Sloan. I think we might but see her too. I'll tell you who I think we're going to see. We didn't talk about it. There's a rumor going around. A lot of time rumors bunk. I think the Doctor Afra live action or animated <gasps> Disney Plus. I believe that's happening. I think so. Yeah, and I think uh, I, I wish it could say more, Yo. but I don't know for facts. I don't know facts. I'm not, a, I'm not a scooper. Not a news scooper. Riley, get Snyder in on it. <laughs> I, I think we're getting Dr. Afra yeah. to Disney Plus in some way, shape, oh or form, God. and if that'd be interesting. If you have yes. not read Dr. Afra comics or the Vader series, which she features pretty prominently in, mm-hmm. uh, do it. Dr. Okay. Afra is a rad character. All right, we're going to squeeze at least. We're going to get two more in. Okay, okay, I want go. the fans who are eating their turkey and cranberry. Well, for me, microwave mac and cheese. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Don't, feel, uh, don't cry for me, Argentina. Microwave mac and cheese is good. Great. I you spent hate. at least three straight Thanksgiving sleeping on my floor in my office as a security yeah. director. Uh, uh, I'm okay with some mac and cheese at home on a Thanksgiving mm, now. All right. Yeah. Sounds, sounds good. good. All right. Sounds good. All right. Here's, here we go from Ben Howard, who writes, what are the chances that the rise of Skywalker actually refers to Anakin? Refers. Okay. Is this refers. the key? Refers? Refers. Not sees. I'm saying, and, all right. All right. Is it Anakin no. or Darth Vader? Because Vader, that's 100%. We know. 
But Anakin Skywalker, Andres Cabrera, I want to know, will oh. we hear the name Anakin Skywalker? You, you shouldn't even ask me, Ken. Yeah. You're gonna We're going to see Anakin Skywalker. We're going to see Anakin Skywalker. That's the bet for me. I, 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 said, I, I already I said. Mark Riley just fell over his chair. chair. It might be because he's 70. But We're going to see. <laughs> yeah. I already said this. This we're gonna see Hayden Christensen come back yeah. as Anakin Skywalker. Okay, in Force okay. Ghost form. Mm. I don't think in flashback form. You want that Force hey. Ghost party, but I, I want a Force Ghost okay. party. I man. do. I want the Force Ghost army. Um, and I and I think uh, my favorite thing about all these episodes of Jedi Council has been Ace just swinging for the fences. Oh yeah, because if he turns. Call me now on the ghost, because Anakin. If just he turns like out dancing. to be right, all of y'all are going to be like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I, I, I think we will see Anakin for sure. See, um, you now, guys are both going see now. Whether or not, I think that the rise of Skywalker refers not so much to an individual, but like a, a state of being. A state of being, mm-hmm. yeah. And Ford F one fifty trucks. Skywalker, exactly. Ford F one fifty trucks. Yeah, Skywalker. Skywalker is a concept. It's not a person. Yeah, we mm-hmm. were the Skywalkers we met all along. Um, I'm going to go, I guess, to make it interesting, I, I'm going to go against you guys okay. both on seeing it, but we'll absolutely have him referred to. I almost feel like one. I almost feel like 100% on this. Bro. Wow. All right. I almost feel like 100 <laughs> All right. You know, so. you know, Mark Riley, just yell, see, <laughs> yes or no? Yes. Yes. yes see. Riley says what do you yes. feel? What do you yes. feel? I'm the lone. Adam, just oh. yell thumbs up for C. Not a chance in hell. You've got no chance. Okay. Um, that's good. Final one today, Wendy. All right. And this final one comes from Lisa Bongiovanni. Who writes, since The Hollywood Reporter says in their article on Star Wars and Kathleen Kennedy's uncertain future (laughs) that the 2022 film won't be the first of Ryan Johnson's trilogy, could that movie instead be Dave Filoni's first live-action Star Wars feature and maybe be the Ahsoka movie with Rosario Dawson? So the Rosario Dawson thing comes from her just having tweeted something about how she'd be interested in playing that character. Mm -hmm. And I do think that she'd be great. Yeah, mm-hmm. I really, I, I think that would be a great role for her. Uh, I'm gonna go with probably not mm-hmm. on that. Uh, I feel like uh, Star Wars, in terms of the film future, my feeling is they're going to address something that's new and we really haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, simply because if you look at the example of their last kind of standalone but adjacent film, which was Solo, not really a success. Uh, just in terms of it, you know, didn't quite perform as well at the box office uh, as it ought to have. I so. tried so hard. I watched it 36 times. <laughs> all right. Try to get them numbers up. But uh, my, yeah, I, I, I don't think so. No. Okay. Mm. I don't. This is a great idea. Yes. There was that one interview recently. Filoni kind of like, oh, it's interesting to see characters you animated in real life. You know, a lot of people looking at Ahsoka, a film. It's possible more now than ever. I just don't think that's where they're going. But, uh, Andres, what do you think? Uh, no. Um, I, I, this is one of those things that I, I had a good conversation with, with Roca about this last week on Mailbag when we did Mailbag. And, and it's funny, this idea of, like, I love The Mandalorian. Make Filoni make all the Star Wars movies ever. And it's this idea that just because we like this one thing that we see on TV, we Star Wars fans tend to be like, Oh, give him all the stuff. And it's like, well, let's slow down a little bit. I love Filoni, and I think he should direct the movie. I just don't think it'll be this first Mm -hmm. 2022 Star Wars new start. 
I think what you said is spot on. They're going to give it, I, I feel, to a filmmaker that is just going to bring in this brand, and I mean brand new perspective, into the Star, um, the Star Wars franchise yeah. and kind of reinvigorate kind of this new direction that mm. they're going in. Yeah. Uh, I, I'll say quickly, my... my my pal again, Joseph Scrimshaw, listened to us on Force Center. We dove in deep into this topic this week. So he said something that struck a nerve with me, which was when, when Disney Star Wars movies get a little, take a little hit uh, behind the scenes, they always go to the sure things they know. Ron Howard comes in. Uh, um, they, they bring J.J. back. They're kind of just when things like, ooh, let's, I always talk about it's the football equivalent of let's fire the young crazy coach that didn't work out. Let's bring in the guy who coached the Super Bowl 20 years ago. Uh, Dick Vermeil's in um i i think there's a chance that not that it's in trouble or anything but just like hey let's let's go with it more of a sure thing or someone who's let's not take that big risk um it might be to me someone like scrimshaw says favreau if he has time to do it um he's one of those guys that does 12 things at once i i still i know guillermo del toro was interested and had i think that i really believe that there was something farther down the line that they'll admit about a movie he had on the table Mm -hmm. with them maybe Uh, i think it could be a time to do something like that but he could be you know do you need pan labyrinth star wars no but if someone who loves Mm -hmm. star wars and understands the visual medium that that the movies are and how star wars is very visual talking about george making silent films really Mm -hmm. i think someone like guillermo del toro would be a big win. So yeah. that's my thought. Quick answer from you. Uh, I, would I love to see Filoni uh, direct a Star Wars film? Yes. Do I think that very first one, if he does it, will it be Ahsoka? As much as I love this character, and I mean, I talk about this all the time, like she's one of our favorite characters, yeah. and I would love to see her in live action. I don't think that'll be the first one in 2022. Yeah. I would probably, I think it's more probable to see Ahsoka on a TV. Yes. All right. So, all right. All right. We did it. We did we it. Did we did it. it. Wendy Lee made her debut on Clutter Jedi Council. We had a lot of fun. And look, I, I just got to, you know, it's Thanksgiving. I want to say uh, a big thanks to everyone here at this table. Uh, Andres Cabrera, who, who uh, we brought in, uh, who was maybe a little bit of an unknown quantity to people outside of, of, of this show. And I think that's, oh, I always said, your secret weapon. Love talking Game of Thrones with you on Casterly Talk, Force Center. It's been great to have you. Emma Fife, who's just been working so hard for Clutter Jedi Council. Council uh, for the last couple of years, yeah. uh, and I've known you for a long time. To, to, to have you come in here full time has been a lot of fun. Uh, Adam in the booth, you don't know the stress Adam, Adam goes through every week. Where I'm like, I don't know, Adam, can we do this? Hey, Adam, <laughs> do you have a picture of this? Yeah. Hey, Adam. Uh, and I've been doing tricasting lately over at Screen Junkies. It's a it's a real difficult job. Wendy making your debut, and Mark Riley, get around here. Uh, it's a holiday season. Hello. Mark's been producing the show with us here. He and I go way back. Uh, look, the, the, this the switch in the show. Christian built such a great show and the people that before built such a great show and Tiffany and Alice and all the characters have been in here uh, a, a switch in a show can be very traumatic and uh, we're not for everybody but we've worked really hard and we hope our joy for Star Wars translates to your bedroom, home, <laughs> car, bathroom wherever you watch <laughs> us on your YouTube player it's been a lot of fun Mark Riley talking sure Star Wars has, and building yeah. it and this well I want to give thanks to everyone here at this table Thad, Mark for Fernandez, by the way, who, yes. who has been very supportive, uh, and, and Mark will text me late at night. Very cryptic, Mark Fernandez, <laughs> Godfather type of things, yeah. uh, and I love it. Uh, uh, thank you, Mark, for giving this this show a, a, a chance to to uh, not necessarily change, but just grow and, and and try to present different things. It's a holiday season. We're thankful. So we're on our way out of here. Emma, where can they find you and all your stuff? You can find me all over the internet wherever.
wherever Emma Fife's are sold, at my name, Emma Fife, and on my website, emmafife.com. Andres Cabrera. Woo, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Squad Leader Ace and on my YouTube channel at First Cut. The great Wendy Lee. Oh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Wendy Lee Zaney. You can find me at Ken Napsuck, my website, KenNapsuck.com. By the way, my book, Why We Love Star Wars, now available in German. Yeah. That's right. Oh. It's out there, audiobook available. Mark Riley, don't forget the Riley Around podcast. Yeah. Uh, you can find Adam Smith at a local bar near you. <laughs> I'm on my way out to join him. We'll see you next time. May the force be with you. Always. Napa know-how. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash. Like a five-quart jug of Napa Full Synthetic Motor Oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP. But don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General States pricing. Sales prices not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20.